0: Last time on the Skip and Josh podcast, our opinion is that this didn't impact the game. Fifty-five seconds later, I didn't say it didn't impact the game. He's a, clown. a reporter says, "So then, why are you guys apologizing? Like, why are you guys here apologizing if you didn't think it impacted the game?" And he says, "We're apologizing because we broke the rules." Like, oh, come on, buddy! Like, they're not—they're not—they're
1: not sorry that they they broke the rules. They're sorry that they got caught. You're listening to the Skip and Josh podcast with Skip Sherman
0: and Josh Obadia.
1: I'm Josh in Toronto. And I'm Skip in Montreal. In today's episode, some TV suggestions. The future of the Montreal Canadiens. And the Elam
0: ending. But first, the latest on the Houston Astros.
1: Okay, Skip, so, um... We might need to change the name of our show instead of the Skip and Josh podcast. We might have to call it This Week with the Houston Astros because it seems to be all we talk about every week. Major League Baseball. And, and as you said, <laughs> as you said last week, you would think that eventually the story would die. But every single day, new information comes out that we didn't know about the day before. So it's not like we're repeating stuff that we already talked about. We're talking about new stuff. The latest thing is... I don't know about you, but I'm very, very disappointed in David Ortiz for what he said about Mike Fires. Did you hear what he said?
0: It's awful. It's awful. It's, it's awful.
1: Well, because he's, he's a guy of, of influence. Like, people will listen to what he says, and they'll believe what he says. And so yeah. those people who might have been on the fence or who didn't even care about Mike Fires now are going to hate the guy. And I think Mike Fires is a hero. He called him a snitch.
0: Which is so, like, it's so bogus, you know? Because he, we wouldn't have found out any of this without Mike Fires, honestly. It, he was the start, you know? And in, in every... And, and I know it's a bad comparison. But, like, in every industry, in every walk of life, um, businesses and the government, like, this guy is called a whistleblower. Like, that's what he is. And the whistleblowers are protected. They're protected in all walks of life, you know, because we want people to come out and talk about injustices or things that they perceive are illegal or wrong without getting retribution from their employers or from whoever, right? So, and basically, Mike fires is, he's going to get blackballed and his career is going to kind of be over. He was a borderline pitcher anyways, but like, it it sucks for him. And the fact that David Ortiz is coming out and calling him a snitch, that's really, really lousy. It's really lousy.
1: So it's interesting because, as you alluded to, if he didn't say anything, no one would ever know anything. And now all the yeah. other players on the other 29 teams are obviously very angry at the Houston Astros. So wouldn't you think they should be thanking Mike Fires for doing this rather than the opposite? I
0: guess they feel that, like, what happens in the locker room or, or should stay in the locker room, which is this archaic way of looking at it. Yes, conversations that happen should be, sh- he shouldn't out those or or things that they talk about, team meetings. And, you know, I, I could see how, like, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas type of situation. Like, I get that. But, like, not this, <laughs> you know? Not this. A, a systematic a, a, a systematic uh, scheme of cheating, you know? Like, no, that, that, that shouldn't happen. I get what Ortiz said. He's like, why didn't he come out? Why didn't he come out while it was happening? But like, you could say that about every player on the Astros. Why didn't they come out while this was happening? He's the only one that had the courage to come out at all. At all, at all, at all. You know? So, so I'm, I'm just mad at David Ortiz for this. I, I'm disappointed in him, you
1: know? The other thing you mentioned is that he's going to be blackballed. And when his contract ends with Oakland, he's probably not going to sign with any other team. Um, yeah. But again, I'm going to ask you a similar question. Would, wouldn't you think that other teams would want this guy on their team because of what he did? Well, it's like
0: it's this myth or maybe it's a perception of like a distraction. You know, teams just don't want to sign a guy who's a distraction, you know, unless the guy's so good, (laughs) which is which is like the 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 biggest hypocrisy of all, because they'll always say we don't want to sign this guy because he's a big hypocrite. But if Mike Fires was the best player in baseball, he'd be signed, you know, so so they are going to use the excuse of like we don't want this guy around our team because we don't want all the distraction that the media are going to bring and all the everything that follows him. But it's just an excuse, really.
1: Right. So Odell Beckham's not a distraction, right?
0: Well, exactly. Odell Beckham is the hugest distraction. But the thing is, he's so talented that teams are like, oh, I guess it's okay. You know, but but I mean, even with the most, most, most talented players like Odell Beckham, eventually he's going to reach the end of the line, right? Like like what we're seeing with Antonio Brown, right? He's still not signed. Like I, Antonio Brown's the best receiver in, in football, <laughs> right? Top two, three, whatever you want to, however you rank him. But like, he's still not on a team and I don't know when he's going to be on a team because people have reached their limit with him, I guess.
1: So the other person I want to talk about, I know that Rob Manfred has been taking a lot of heat for the punishment that he gave yeah. and, and everyone saying that it wasn't enough and all the things that, that he said in the last you know, couple of weeks or months or whatever it is. But mm. someone who deserves a lot of scrutiny, who hasn't gotten much, is the head of the Baseball Players Association, Tony Clark. Because I don't know if you heard any of the things that he said this week, but he is the biggest hypocrite on the planet as far as I'm concerned. Because here he is defending the Houston Astros. And I heard this week that even before Rob Manfred began his investigation, Tony Clark insisted and said, you can do what you want, but you have to give all those Astros players immunity. Because if you don't, we're going to fight it and we're going to win.
0: Right. Look, the baseball union is the... The only actually powerful sports union for—I for, don't know why—they they are and they they have a lot of say and, and Tony Clark I saw what he came out with I saw what he said this week and he was basically saying I'm going to always fight for my players that's what I do I'm always going to do it I'm not going to apologize for that and I get that I get that you want to fight for your players but you you also have to fight for what's right you know if your players are doing something illegal you shouldn't be sticking up for them you know <laughs> this is like this is like you know morality 101 you know so you, you if you're choosing to stand behind this whole group of players who systematically cheated the game, then you it reflects on the whole all the players even worse after. Uh, I don't know where this is going to end, Josh. Like, I don't know when this is going to end. Are we going to be talking about this next week? Are we going to be talking about this in a month? Like, I-, I just don't know. But like, so you know Matthew Barry, right? You know you know yeah, Matthew yeah. Barry?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he, I haven't listened to his podcast in a while, but he's like the foremost like fantasy football, fantasy baseball guy. So he put a poll on his Twitter. If you could eliminate all Astros players from your fantasy baseball league, in other words, no one in the league can have an Astro on their team, would you do it? What a question, right? You could do that. You Three, could totally uh, do that. 37,000 people answered his poll and 60% said they would like to ban Astros from fantasy baseball, which is like just shows the the perception out there is like no one wants anything to do with these guys, right? So I know you 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 were you came out against um you know, revoking their title, right? You, you don't think it's going to have any, any, it's not going to mean anything. And we can debate whether actually revoking, taking away their title will actually do anything. I think, I think we're much closer to Manfred actually taking away their title today as than we were three weeks ago when we started talking about this. Don't you think that there's the ball is sort of rolling in the direction of he's going to have to punish harder?
1: Yes, it does seem like that. But then. It sort of makes him look worse because he already laid out the punishment. Now he's going to come back and say, oh, well, I made a mistake. I didn't punish them severely enough. Here's my new punishment. I mean, that makes him look worse, I think. Don't you? It it
0: does make him look worse. What's working against Manfred, what's working against him is that all this came out right before the season started, and now it's still lingering around, and it's spring training now. Right? So that's why you have sound bites from Mike Trout and from other players, right? Because they're there at spring training and reporters are there. You know, he's not, Mike Trout's not sitting at home, you know, getting a call from Associated Press. He's there with like 16 mics in front of his face. So Manfred's fighting a very big uphill PR battle. I think he felt that this story would go away once games start happening. But I think it's going to be the opposite. I think this is going to linger the whole season. Did you hear about this? There's an over-under. No. Uh, how many Astros will be hit by pitch this season?
1: Okay, and what's the number?
0: 84 or 85. I don't I'm know gonna... if that's a big number or a small number. That might be a normal number. I don't know.
1: But... Well, I'm going to take under and I'll tell you why. I don't think any Astros are <laughs> going to get hit by pitch. And I'll tell you why. They actually, um, in the first like two or three weeks of the season... The uh, yeah. Los Angeles Angels play against the Houston Astros like six or seven times in the first two or three weeks of the season, like a, a home and away uh, series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and actually, I heard an interview with Joe Madden yesterday, the new manager of the Angels. And they asked him point blank, "Are you gonna? Are are your pitchers going to throw at the Astros hitters?" And he said flat out, "No, we are absolutely not going to throw at them. We we had a conversation about it in our clubhouse." We're going to have another conversation about it, and we're going to have as many conversations as we need to have about it, but we're not, we're not going to throw at any Astros players. And I'm pretty sure most, if not all, managers are going to say that to their players because they want to actually win games. Yeah, yeah. So if I you agree. throw at a guy, you're going to get probably thrown out of the game, suspended for additional games, maybe even fined as well. So that's just going to that's just going to hurt your own team. I don't know why you would do it. I get you want right. to you want to no, get I, even. I get it, but
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree with you because they they've come out baseball and said that they're going to levy suspensions if they feel the players are throwing at Astros on purpose. So it's like they're actually protecting the cheaters now, which is even worse. Um you know, the other thing that's come out of this is that there may be some kind of attendance boom in baseball because of this <laughs> indirectly. I don't know if you've heard about this, but like You know, like when Barry Bonds was on the Giants and he had all these steroid rumors swirling around him and he was basically, you know, uh, the number one hated player in all of baseball, the Giants had the highest road attendance in baseball during those years, right? So there's a lot of I heard uh, Buster only talking about this on his podcast saying that there's a good chance that the Astros are going to have very very high road attendance wherever they're going because a lot of people are going to come out to see like, is is uh, Bregman going to get hit today? Is someone going to hit Altuve on purpose? Is there going to be a fight? Like. I mean yeah, I would see that if the Dodgers were playing them, but like you're right. If it's a regular game against the Angels or against Kansas City Royals or like is anything going to happen? No, I don't think so, right?
1: Well, you know the Dodgers and Astros don't play each other this year unless they meet in the World Series. But of course, a lot of Dodgers fans can go to Angels games cuz it's not that far away, and the Angels and Astros right. play each other quite a bit cuz they're in the same division. So, right. and right. and I also heard in addition to what you just said, I also heard that fans are going to try to bring like those metal garbage can lids into the ballpark <laughs> and bang them during the game. I heard that game. too. So yeah, I heard that too. Now another. another imagine,
0: thing. imagine. Remember the World Cup? Well, you're not a big soccer guy, but remember the World Cup a few years ago? I think it was in South Africa with the vuvuzuela, those horns, and they were like all the time. Like the, the games were so unwatchable on TV because all you heard was like the it was like this noise. My wife called it the bees because yeah, it sounded it sounds like, like a swarm bees of bees. Everywhere. Yes right? Imagine if people
1: are banging garbage cans during Astros game, the entire game. Holy smokes. It's going to be madness. I I don't know if security is going to let them into the ballpark with those, those things. But, um, but I had another, another point I wanted to mention because you were saying how earlier, how, you know, to remove all Astros from your fantasy baseball league, which you you could do that if you (laughs) want to do that. But what, what do you do? What do you do with players who, A, are no longer on the Astros, but they were in 2017, or B, what happens if they get traded tomorrow or a month from now or a year from now to another team? What do you do with those guys? Don't you find it interesting that players like, and I just listed a few here, Will Harris, Marwin Gonzalez, Mike Fiers, Tony Kemp, Dallas Keuchel, and Charlie Morton have all been embraced by their new teams, although they're just as guilty as Justin Verlander and Alex Bregman because they knew exactly what was going on the entire time. But because they're on a different team now and because they're going to try and help their new team win games, the other players are like, oh, these guys are fine. It's just the guys that are still on the Astros that we don't like. So that's hypocritical if you ask me.
0: It's a huge double standard. It's a huge double standard. Like the fact that like Marwan Gonzalez and Charlie Morton are looked at as like less of cheaters like than than the just because they're not on the team anymore. You know, and it comes back to the people are saying players should be suspended, right? And I've heard the argument like, well, no, it's not fair to suspend Marwan Gonzalez now because he's not on the team anymore. So now you're penalizing his new team. Who cares? If he cheated, he cheated. I don't care what team he's on now. That that's 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 their own team's fault for not do, the new team's fault for not doing the due diligence. You know?
1: The other thing so, you were talking about It's never gonna talk, end, Josh. You were talking about removing the title and and you know what Manfred may end up you know, vacating the world series championship, who knows? And, and that might give him some good PR for a little while, maybe, but I don't think the players would actually be upset about that because they've already, they got the trophy. It was, it was presented to them the day they won the world series. They celebrated, they had their parade, they've got their world series money for winning, they also, also, they've, you know, they were able to say for the next year, we are World Series championships. So they've already reaped the benefit of being World Series champions. The only thing yeah. that would really bother the players, there's really only two things you suspend them for a full season and you take away their salary for a full season. That's the only thing that would bother them. and And neither of those things are going to happen anyway. We both know that's not going to happen.
0: No, but I have saw floated out, like, what about, like, a 20-game suspension for all these players, or a 50-game suspension? But, again, I don't think that's going to happen either. So, But what did you hear? Did you hear, isn't there supposed to, I thought it was supposed to have come out this week, but apparently it didn't, whatever report they're supposed to come out about the Red Sox from 2018?
1: A week ago, I heard that that report was supposed to come out this week. Now the week has gone oh. by, and I haven't heard a thing.
0: Yeah, it'll be amazing to hear how Big Poppy's story will change uh, if if the Red Sox are implicated in a, a kind of grave way. Although I find it difficult to to, to see how there's going to be the level of proof on the Red Sox, but I guess we'll find out, right?
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see. I really I want the Red Sox to be caught, or I want I want to find out that the Red Sox actually did cheat in 2018. For one reason and one reason only, because Cody Bellinger was raving about his new teammate Mookie Betts about a week ago when they acquired him in a trade. So I want to hear what Cody (laughs) Bellinger has to say now, now after he finds out that the Red Sox cheated in 2018. I'd love to hear that because for all I know, they sit right next to each other in the clubhouse. So that's going to be very interesting to hear. It's all good stuff. Gives us a lot of stuff to talk about. And I mean, hopefully at
0: one point this year, we'll start talking about actual baseball games instead of this stuff. But, I mean, I, I, I see us talking about this cheating stuff for at least the next few weeks because there's, there's new stuff coming out every day, you know?
1: Absolutely. But we could move on to a different sport now.
0: The National Basketball
1: Association. Please, go ahead. So... I don't watch a lot of NBA basketball. In fact, I hardly watch any NBA basketball. Unless, yeah. unless unless, Zion Williamson's playing, that's the only time I ever watch. And even then, I only watch maybe one quarter of the game. Um, uh-huh. I certainly don't watch the All-Star game or any of the festivities surrounding it, but I wanted to specifically watch the fourth quarter of the All-Star game because I wanted to see how this Elam ending worked out. Yeah, And I have to tell you that... For the most part, I loved it. Um, Now, the fourth quarter, I timed it. It actually took, in real time, it took 45 minutes to play, which is a little longer than I was expecting. But you didn't see any intentional fouling. You didn't see, I mean, there were some fouls and there were some free throws, but they weren't the the intentional type. Um, What slowed down the fourth quarter was they had a bunch of replay reviews, which I can't believe they actually did that in an All-Star game, but that's a whole other story. But I like the Elam ending so much that I think they should use it in regular season games. I I know it's not going to happen in the middle of a season, but I think they should use it in regular season games. And I think they should use it instead of the last four minutes of the game, they should do it for the entire game. That's how much I liked it.
0: So, like, what would it be, like, in your world? It would be, like, first team to 100?
1: Well, 100 is kind of low, right? Because every team gets to 100 these days. And and in fact, they get to probably like 115, 120, I think, because you see final scores are crazy high these days. So yeah, like, I don't know, pick a number, 115, 120, whatever it is. And, Uh you know, just play until that score. And then I think you'll see, I, I think you'll see better basketball because you won't have teams milking the clock at the end of the, at the end of the half or at the end of the game. You won't, you won't have any of that.
0: Well, it'll be a totally different game. It'll be a complete new strategies. There'll be complete new ways of playing. Uh, It's a different game. It would be a completely different game. It would be interesting to see, like, let's say the G League would adopt this so that we could actually see how it works, like, in real games. Because you know how it is. Every coach, there's always going to be the guys that are going to figure out ways to exploit that system, right? And they're going to find the weaknesses of that system and what they have to do there and what the strategies are going to be. So, you know... (laughs) I, I think the Elam ending is getting too much credit for the success of the NBA All-Star game. <laughs> I think it's like, it got them, to, everyone's like, it got them to try. Mm. That got them to try? They could try whenever they want. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't they try when they play regular basketball? When they when they play a normal basketball game with regular NBA rules, don't they try? Like, if they wanted to try, they could try. You know? they just They just choose not to. And then in this situation, they chose, we're going to try for the last
1: 45 minutes. So, yes, they do try. But you know as well as I do that during the regular season, some players, they don't try 100% for every game. They don't.
0: No, of course. Yes, you're right.
1: You know, in the playoffs, you don't have to put in gimmicks or whatever. I I wouldn't even call this a gimmick, actually. I'm sorry for using that word but yeah. during the regular season, there are so many games that are meaningless. So many games, like there's load management. So sometimes your best player doesn't even play in the game, let alone try. Yeah. Um, no, no, I get that. and I, and I certainly, I liked it. And I thought before they even used it, I thought this was a great idea because one of the things that frustrates me so much about basketball, whether it's NBA or college is the last three or four minutes where, you know, you see the the team that's losing continuously foul. Now, If you did use this for the entire game, and I don't think that's ever going to happen in our lifetime, I I know that I'm dreaming, obviously, but if you did use it for the entire game, I think it would just be an advantage to the team that is better because if a team that's really good goes into the game saying, okay, as soon as we get to 120, this game's over, some games might only take an hour. You know, like, we could get to 120 in no time because we're so good. So let's get to 120. Let's put this game away as quickly as possible. Let's get on the plane and go home. I mean, I'm not suggesting that that's a good thing because maybe you want to be there for more than an hour. Maybe you want to be there for two hours. I don't know, as a fan. But I I just think this is a a brilliant idea. The
0: thing that, the reason why it's never going to happen is because of television. Because you'll never be able to know how long these games are going to be.
1: Right. Right? Exactly. Like,
0: a game could be five hours. What if no one can hit shots? The game could last forever. Or the game, like you said, the game could be so short, you know, that then then what, you know? So, there's things to work out there, I guess. But, yeah, look, applause to the NBA for trying something. Because the All-Star game was a joke. At least they tried something.
1: At the very least, if you're not going to do it for the whole game, at the very least, in the regular season, any game that goes into overtime, they should use this. At the very least.
0: That, that would be that would be good, actually. When it goes to overtime, you say, okay, first team to score whatever. 15 points or whatever it is. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. you already sort of have that in in football and and I mean you don't exactly have it in baseball, but each team in football and in baseball, when a game goes into overtime or extra innings, each team gets their chance on offense and then the other yeah. team gets their chance actually in football the other team doesn't get their chance on offense if a touchdown is scored but sometimes um yeah so you know and 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 hockey in the in the regular season they've got the shootout before that they have the 3 on 3 overtime so other leagues do different things during the regular seasons that they won't do in the playoffs i think yeah. this is a great idea for the nba for and how many how many games go into overtime in the nba in the regular season i don't think it's that okay. many anyway no, no,
0: no. No, no, it would be it would be a good uh, that's a good good idea. Yep. All right, I didn't watch 1 second of the NBA All-Star game. I didn't watch any of the dunk contest, I didn't watch any of the three-point shootout. I just saw the highlights. I was totally uninterested by it, to be honest.
1: The National Hockey League. Can we talk about hockey?
0: I would love to talk about hockey. The NHL trading deadline is approaching.
1: I don't even want to talk about that. For some reason, I have no interest in the NHL trade deadline this year. None.
0: I'll I'll tell you why because it is the most made for TV thing ever. <laughs> um I looked at the list, I looked at the list of like the potential players that could move. There's no one of consequence really in the whole list. Like, they named like 50 players. None of them are, are game breakers. You know, the number one, when you know, when you look at like TSN, like you look at their link of like trade bait, like who, who's the number one guy that like is the most interesting? It's Chris Kreider. I mean, like, Chris Kreider is a nice player. He's a big guy, he can skate. He's got over 20 goals this year. I get it. He's, he's nice. But like, Chris Kreider is not going to put you over the top. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's just not. Like, if you're, if you're an elite team, you're an elite team. I don't think this guy's going to make or break your, your season. You know, we, he, yeah, he's a nice addition, but like, uh, they're going to talk about him for four hours
1: on Tuesday. So I say this every year, but you know, there's, there's a bunch of teams that are going to make trades at the deadline, but only one mm. of them is going to win the Stanley cup. So that means right. all the others wasted their time. And if I look back, the St. Louis blues won the Stanley cup last year. I don't recall them making any significant trade at the deadline last year. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't recall any significant trade that they made at the deadline. I think you're right. Now, what I do want to talk about is the Montreal Canadiens because luckily they've been losing more than they've been winning lately. A um, mm-hmm. Few strange things have happened. I thought Shea Weber broke his ankle and was out for the year, and then all of a sudden, two days later, he's back playing hockey. So I don't know, the, I don't know exactly how that happens, but whatever. Well, that was
0: fake news. That was fake news. That was Nick Kiprios.
1: Hold on, so he didn't break his ankle, you mean? That, that part was fake? No, Shea
0: Weber, Shea Weber had an ankle injury. Yeah. And Nick Kiprios reported that it's much more serious than the Canadians are are saying, and his career could be over.
1: Oh, okay. Well, who, does, day, who does Nick Kiprios work for now? I haven't seen Sports him anywhere. Sportsnet. Sportsnet. He does? I haven't seen him on Sportsnet yes. at all.
0: So then the that same day, Weber, the Canadians come out and said, Weber's seen the doctor, and he's out four to six weeks okay <laughs> then two days later Weber's skating he's skating and and then he now he's playing so I don't know <sighs> honestly I think most Canadians fans wish he didn't play and they would just lose all the rest of the games or are actually trying to win
1: you know, well I mean the players the players are always going to try to win and the head coach is always going to try to win um yeah that's true so there's nothing you can do about that and I don't want them to lose on purpose, but I would like them to finish as low in the standings as possible to have as good a a draft pick as possible because this season is is basically done. This is the time of the year where NHL fans and NBA fans all say about their teams, if their team isn't going to make the playoffs, they all say, well, we always have next year. But to be honest, Mm -hmm. I don't even think the Canadians are going to be good next year either. I was thinking the same thing. You read my mind because when you look at their team,
0: they have a lot of nice young players that could start to develop. You know how much of a fan I am of Nick Suzuki. I think mm-hmm. he's going to be a star. But, I mean, they're not going to be significantly better unless they make some kind of crazy free agent move, which is so unlikely. And and the thing is, they're in the same division with Toronto and Boston and Tampa next year. It's not The things are not going to change. Tampa and Boston are not all of a sudden going to become bad, <laughs> you know? And you can say what you want about the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're having a completely average season. They're not a great hockey team. They're a good hockey team. But the Toronto Maple Leafs, as long as they have Tavares and Marner and Matthews and Nylander, like, the, that's going to be a good team. It's, it's not like they're going to all of a sudden suck. Like, the, Le- the Leafs are not going to suck. The Leafs are going to be good, whether they're cup contenders. You you can debate that to the Calcoms home. I think even the most hardcore Leaf fan will tell you they're not Stanley Cup contenders. Um, but, like, I-, I just don't see the Canadians being good for the next few years, to be honest. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I don't know how many years um, Claude Julien has left on his contract, but this-, this guy is not the coach for this team. I mean... Whatever, finish the season, whatever. But he's like, they need someone different behind the bench. I don't know who, but they need somebody.
0: Look, look, I was the, I couldn't stand Michel Terrier. I wanted him fired immediately. I never wanted him to be hired to, in the first place. Mm-hmm. Couldn't wait for them to fire him. Mm-hmm. And then when they, the only reason why I was happy that Julien became the coach is because they fired the other coach, right? So right, at least we had right. someone new. But I never liked Julien from the start. And I remember I had a Facebook discussion with some guy that I didn't know on a friend's Facebook. Uh, feed after julian's first game behind the bench as as a canadians coach where this guy was saying look at the difference he's playing all the guys he's playing young players like this guy was like had blinders on and i was like dude you know the who song <laughs> here's the new boss same as the old boss it's the same thing nothing's changed you know you think this guy is some kind of like a genius julian he's the same thing I don't know how much a coach affects or doesn't affect. We've debated this many, many times, but they need some kind of new blood behind the bench. Some, Someone with an idea. Someone with a clue. Someone with a clue about how to play hockey in 2020 because that's not Claude Julien. It's just not. I'm sorry. It's just not.
1: So I've said to you many times that in every sport, the coach gets too much blame when the team loses and too much credit when the team wins because a lot of it has to do with the players you have on your roster. I mean, if Claude Julien yeah. was coaching the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Boston yes. Bruins, it would be a different story, although he actually was the coach of the Boston Bruins not that long ago. But anyway, my yeah. po- my point is this. Um, so yes, I, I don't want to lay all the blame on Claude Julien because there are some players on the team that – are borderline NHL players and maybe wouldn't be in the league if they were on another team. Having having said that, the Canadians have had two eight-game losing streaks in the same season. I don't know yeah. any coach in the history of hockey that has had two eight-game losing streaks in one season and not been fired. I, I can't think of well, one. That, well, that's why I think he's not going to get fired. Uh, even next year,
0: he's still going to be the coach because I thought after the first eight game losing streak, I'm like, man, this guy could get fired. He could get fired tomorrow. I remember after the, when they, when they had the ninth game, I was like, man, if he loses tonight, they could, he could get fired. And then he didn't. And then they had another eight game losing streak, but it was like in, in the city, it was like, Oh, it's just another eight game losing streak. We already had one of those. (laughs) You know, we already already had one of those. So it was like, and then they had a five game losing streak recently. So like, uh, I, uh, Josh, you know, I, I don't like the guy. I never wanted him to be the coach, and I don't know who will be the coach, but they need... they need. Anyways, we'll, we'll see what happens at the trading deadline. I have a feeling they're not going to trade anybody. They're going to hang on to all the veterans. The, 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 the organization still thinks they can win next year, and uh, it's, it's tough times. Let me tell you, it's tough times as the Montreal Canadian fan. Really tough times.
1: Uh, So I have two questions for you. You know how, uh, Mm -hmm. I think last week you mentioned that some people have way too much time on their hands and some guy created this website where you can go and look at how Mm -hmm. many times someone banged on a garbage can, okay? So along those lines, it's nothing to do with baseball, but I'm sure someone has done this and maybe you know the answers. Two questions. One, has someone counted the number of times the Canadians have given up a goal with less than a minute left in a period? That's the first question. And the second question is, how many times have the Canadians blown a three-goal lead this year? Now, both of those things, before you even answer the questions, both of those things, I think, have to do with coaching. Both of them, in my opinion.
0: I agree 100%. Look, I don't have the answer. There's people, you can find the answers to these questions easily. How many times did they blow a three-goal lead? You could look it up. I could look it up now and just go through the schedule and I can probably tell you. And how many times they scored goals at the end of periods or with two minutes to go? Oh, it's, it's, it's staggering. It's staggering the amount. And now you want to throw a third thing on, which is coaching. Uh, they lead the league in uh, too many men on the ice penalties also. <laughs> so that's, that's directly coaching. Um, 100%. And I'm, no. Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to my Uncle Lenny, who you know very well. Every time I yeah. ask him, did you watch the Canadians game? Every time I ask him, did you watch the Canadians? he tells me the same answer. He's like, Avi, this team... It gives me so much. It gives me so much stress. It gives. I'm so disappointed with this team. Every game, it's the same thing. They're always giving up goals with two minutes left in a period. They're always giving up goals with two minutes left in the game. It's he goes. It's the same story. Every game is the same story, and we have the same conversation all the time. And and it's it's astounding that that this happens. And yes, it's coaching. But when Claude Julien was asked about this this week, he deflected it onto the players. He said we're not able to play 60 minutes. For some reason this team is not able to play more 60 minute game. We're only able to play 40 minutes and he's kind of deflecting it away from himself and putting it all as if as if somehow the players don't want to play 60 minutes. They they can't put a 60 minute effort. Somehow only the players are at fault for 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 the the team not able to be playing a full 60 minute game. As if the coaches are just sort of bystanders standing there like unable to do anything about it, you know?
1: By the way, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because I heard some interviews after the last game. The Canadians actually beat the Washington Capitals somehow. and yeah. They and still so, gave up
0: a goal with 20 seconds left in the game.
1: Exactly, yeah. So someone in the locker room, <laughs> I think it was um, it was Dano, who said, uh, well, yeah, we played a full 60 minutes tonight. Actually, we played 61 because it went into overtime. And I'm saying to myself, well, no, you didn't because you didn't play the last minute of regulation time. So what are you talking about?
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's just sad times here, Josh. I'd like to can't, – I can't wait for, like, the playoffs to start so we can stop talking about the Canadians so we can actually start looking at, like, good teams, you know, and, and maybe watch some playoff hockey, you know, so – I think there's a lot of good storylines out there. You know, the Bruins are an amazing team. Tampa is on fire right now. You know, the Leafs, like, how can they actually win a series? Pittsburgh, wow, they look amazing. You know, does Crosby have one more Stanley Cup run in him? Ovechkin, you know, like, can he do it again? The Capitals seem to be, like, also in a great position. And then that's just the East. And then what about the West? You know, like, like can St. Louis is, like is the most under-the-radar defending champion ever. They're like the best team in the West still, you know? And I don't think they can be beaten, to be honest.
1: I have one more Canadians question for you because I read a headline last night that um, on my feed, on my phone, that said, Carl Alsner has been called up on an emergency basis. So my question to you is, Mm. what was the emergency?
0: They have a lot of injuries. Do they? Well, they sent down Cale Fleury and they don't want to call him back up, I guess. And they had a bunch of injuries on the blue line. Mete's hurt. And then Xavier Ouellette was called up from Laval. He got injured. So, like, they they just don't have enough bodies. Like, they just don't have enough bodies on defense. So, they called up Alsner. Like, who cares?
1: Yeah. You know? Anyway, that's a nothing move. So, um, one last hockey point, and then we can go to something else if you'd like. Or we can end the show if mm-hmm. you'd like. Um Sure. So remember we were talking about Ovechkin and how he needs, I think, like 200 yeah. goals to break Wayne Gretzky's record, and he's now at Since we had that conversation,
0: sorry to interrupt you. Since we had that conversation, he's only scored one goal, I think.
1: Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and 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 I said, and you agreed with me, that obviously, you know, Gretzky had the advantage of playing in a different era where there were a lot more goals. Right. There is one thing that Ovechkin has the advantage currently that Gretzky didn't have, and that is now the players have much better hockey sticks.
0: Oh, it's not even fun. It's not... Go go look at... You know how I feel about Gretzky, right? But like... the When Gretzky was playing, they were using wood sticks.
1: Yeah, yeah. I cannot imagine what Gretzky would have done or Lemieux would have done if they had the sticks that they have today. It would not be safe.
0: When, When they first came out... So now the sticks are all kind of composite material. I don't know what they're made out of, but they're made out of all kinds of stuff, Right. The most lightweight material that's also flexible and also durable. Like they, they've got technology in the sticks like crazy. But remember when those first sticks came out, Gretzky had that aluminum stick? Mm-hmm. It was aluminum, right? Like they would never make an aluminum stick now. Like that that's just out of the question because they have so many better things. But when Gretzky was on the Kings, he had that silver aluminum stick and it was all shiny. And they had the black and silver uniforms. It was so beautiful. It was like the stick was matching in. And you know how I feel about Gretzky. Like the greatest, the greatest play ever in hockey to watch is when Gretzky took a slap shot.
1: Yeah. So that's all I got about hockey
0: That's uh, that's good stuff about hockey Good stuff So are you going to watch the trading deadline at all?
1: There's a TV at my desk at work So it'll be on But I mean I'm not Mm going to be focused on it Are you Mm going to watch?
0: Mm, I'll follow it like on my phone I'm curious to see like if the Canadians are going to Trade Tatar, Petrie Like there's a lot of uh, Kovalchuk Like let's see what happens right?
1: By the way, you mentioned Thomas Tatar. Did you know what his nickname is? It's Tuna. Yeah, when I heard that, I was laughing hysterically.
0: <laughs> At one point, the Bell Center announcer was saying that, I think. When yeah, yeah, he when thinking.
1: he's one of the stars of the game, they say Thomas the yeah. Tuna Tatar.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> but I don't think that started here. I think that nickname probably has followed him around for a while.
1: Oh, I, I never heard it until like a month ago. But mm-hmm. then again... Who knows? He wasn't playing in this city. So while well, he wasn't playing right. in your city, I mean,
0: before we sign off, remember you can listen and subscribe to new and archived episodes of the skip and Josh podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Google play, iHeartRadio, radio. And of course, Spotify. If you listen to the show through Apple podcasts, please leave us a review. We would love to hear from you via email, skip and Josh show at gmail.com via Twitter at skip and Josh, or by liking and following our Facebook page, as always, you can get all the links to everything I just talked about on our website, skipandjosh.com. We leave you with this. Do you um, do you have anything to leave the listeners with? I have one one kind of cute little item.
1: I have something, and I'm I'm embarrassed to admit this. And and, and maybe I'm. Well,
0: y- last week, <laughs> last week you told everybody that your favorite store is uh, Kitchen Stuff Plus. So if you're embarrassed about this, I can't wait to hear what it is.
1: Well, that wasn't embarrassing. That's just whatever. But this, this is like old news, I think, and I just found out this week. So, I I mean, maybe I'm the only one that just found out. Who knows? But I've been seeing these commercials for this new documentary on HBO called McMillions about the whole Monopoly scandal at McDonald's. Have you heard about this?
0: I've heard about the scandal but I did not hear about this documentary. I would love to see it because
1: McDonald's Monopoly I, is like something that we've actually participated in in our household here. It's like a big deal for us sometimes. So so anyway, I, I haven't seen any of the documentary. I don't know how many parts it is. I don't even get HBO, but apparently like when they were playing the McDonald's Monopoly, it, it, there was some sort of scam going on where it was impossible to win. I, and I didn't even know about right. this till just this week. So I don't know if I'm like living under a rock or something, but... I I just found this hilarious. Nothing to be
0: embarrassed about. I think this is most news that a lot of people don't know about. But yeah, there was some kind of scandal. I would love to see that documentary. I'm going to try to find it. Although I don't get HBO, but there's always some uh, gray areas of how to get things. So speaking of television. Yeah. um, I'm watching a show (laughs) that is actually right now the best show on TV. And and it's a show that's been on for 20 years. And I have not watched for the last 10 years.
1: Really? Why? Well, I, I can't think yeah. of a show that's been on that long.
0: Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember, you know, I used to watch Survivor, right? But like I literally have not watched for 10 years, which means I have not seen the last 20 seasons because there's two seasons a year, right? They have 40 seasons. So for the 40th season now, and the 20th year, they've brought back 20 contestants, all who have previously won the game. Everybody on this season of Survivor is a winner, a previous winner. So it's like the all-stars of all-stars. And there are some, I mean, I don't like, as I just told you, I don't know who half of them are because I haven't watched the last 20 seasons, but there are some old timers from when I did watch, and it's actually a pleasure to watch them. And the show is absolutely fantastic. So I know people are probably laughing at me right now, whatever. But if you ever watched Survivor and if you ever thought it was good, you should watch Survivor now because it's 10 times better than it ever was with this cast of characters.
1: Okay. Well, someone, people should heed your advice and go watch that show. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. That's all I got. Talk to you next time. Yeah, that's all I got. Have a good week.